Weissman, and he is the founder and CEO of Speechify. So um, I wanted to talk to you a bit about how you grew up in Israel and moving to the States, speaking a different language. I know that's hard. Um, when did you find out you had dyslexia? Yeah, well, Mika, thanks so much for having me on your podcast. I'm really glad to be here. Um, yeah, and uh, as you said, my name is Cliff. And uh, I learned I was dyslexic when I was in third grade. And for me, that was like the best day of my life. Because up until that point, I was like a super precocious kid when I was in, in uh, preschool. I like, did all the, all the plays and I sang all the songs. Um, but whenever my parents tried to teach me how to read, it didn't really work out. So they said, you know what, it's fine. You're supposed to learn how to read in first grade anyway. And then first grade came around and I really didn't get the hang of it. And second grade came and I didn't get the hang of it. And third grade came and I still didn't get the hang of it. And at this point, like all my teachers thought I was slow and my parents thought I was just being lazy. And I thought, I'm awesome. There's just like, I don't know, something, something's not, not going right, but I am awesome. And um, my mom just did a bunch of research and she read the book once and she was like, oh, maybe this is what it is. So I got tested and I was like, yes, it's an explanation. Like I'm not broken, I'm not stupid. I just have a brain that works slightly differently. That's amazing that you thought of it as, you were excited to find out you were dyslexia even at the beginning. Oh yeah. Any um, knowledge into it. I think that's really amazing. And normally you don't hear that. So I think that's a, a, a very good story and it's really great to hear. Um, was that before or after you moved to the States? I was still living in Israel. I couldn't speak a word of English um, and I could barely read a word of Hebrew. Um, but uh, I, I later moved to the U.S. when I was right, right before I turned 13. Um, and so my story at that point is I was trying to learn how to read really, really hard. And I had a dream when I was like in preschool. I wanted to be prime minister of Israel, a billionaire and a pop star. Um, and, and for two of those things, you kind of need to be able to read. Um, and so I like just practice reading a lot. And um, the book I actually wanted to read the most was Harry Potter because it came out around the same time and all my friends were reading it and whenever I would try it, it didn't succeed. So eventually my dad sat down in my bed with me and he started reading Harry Potter to me. And every time I tried to read it before by myself, I'd fall asleep and with the book and like the librarian would wake me up. But when someone else was reading, I was just like riveted by the story and I didn't want to stop listening. And I loved it so much that my dad started recording himself reading this book. And so I would walk around the house listening to a cassette tape of my dad reading Harry Potter. And right before we moved to the United States, we found an audio book of Harry Potter in English. And my dad was like, Cliff, if I buy this for you, will you listen to it? I was like, yes. He's like, are you sure? It's in, you don't speak English. Are you sure? I was like, yes. He's like, okay. So he me the book. And so I listened to that book 22 times in a row. And because I already knew the story really well, um, I can kind of fill in the blanks because like you hear Hermione and like Harry Potter and like you can kind of figure it out. Um, and to this day, I still have the first chapter of Harry Potter memorized. And that's how I got my start in English. And then I kind of learned how to read later once I moved here. That's amazing. I was just going to ask you, how did you think about starting Speechify? Because it is such an amazing app and um, having all these other big competitors, <laughs> obvious, okay, audiobook, someone's reading it to you instead of yeah. a you're reading taking a photo of it um so you already have the book in front because i find it very challenging to listen to a book without having the book in front of me and following along mm. get as much from it um so i just i that's another reason why i love it because also you see it in speech if i yeah reading it to you on your phone and also you can follow along in the book so 
That's really great. Um, I personally have not read Harry Potter, but that's such a great story. I'm you should sure. try it out. It's a good book. Uh, maybe I'll memorize the first chapter. Probably not. <laughs> um, what were some of your struggles growing up? And um, sorry, not just growing up, but starting this app of yours. And did mm-hmm. you have any apps that you were trying to do previously? Being the CEO, you know, just tell me a bit about how all that worked out. Yeah. So. I'll answer both questions. So growing up, um, yeah, it was really, really hard for me to spell. My spelling was horrible. My writing was completely illegible. Uh, but the biggest deal for me is that it took me a very long time to read. I was a very slow reader and it took a lot of mental energy for me. So for me to read a sentence takes as much energy as it takes most people to do a four digit long division equation in their head. And so you can imagine um, reading one sentence is tiring. Reading a page is very tiring, but there's no way I'm finishing. Like a chapter that's like a thousand like multiplication things in my head it's not gonna happen and i really loved building things like in high school i built this like pressurized air cannon that would shoot a blanket on uh houses um that pressurized potato gun uh, oh really oh my god yeah so i started by building one of those things and then i built a slightly bigger one and i put a fire retardant blanket on it that was really big and you could shoot it on a house and it would drape over the house and the fire would constrict and die because it didn't have enough um, oxygen. So that was one of my science fair projects. Another one was, um, I, I did this test on you can retain memory better um, by activating different senses. So it turns out that the hippocampus is the portion of your brain of your memory, but the um, sense of smell goes through the same portion of the brain. So if you activate very strong smells while learning something and then you reactivate them, it makes it easier to retain information. So I, I did a bunch of different things. I started like a coupon company in high school and I really wanted to build a jetpack. Um, but I couldn't read the Wikipedia articles on like, like even F equals MA. Like it was very, very annoying. And I'd want to learn like, what are the properties of like carbon or like bronze? And like, I couldn't read the Wikipedia article. So that was like really, really frustrating for me. Um, and, um, when audiobooks started to be a thing that I had access to, it changed my life because it meant that for the first time I could read books. And I loved listening to stories so, so much. And so I just started like, doesn't matter if I was like walking to the park or if I was like in between doing homework, whatever, whatever I was doing, I was always listening to a book if I wasn't actively in a conversation with someone. And so I got to the point where I was listening to like two audiobooks a week, usually about a hundred books a year. And it was just like so enjoyable for me. Um, and when I started high school and even when I moved to the United States, I had to learn kind of like a new language all of a sudden. Um, and so I could, I just I literally couldn't do the homework. And so I went into the very first period I had in the day was American history. I also knew nothing about American history. And we had a really tough, really awesome teacher named Mr. Bloom. And he asked the students to write an outline about the chapter every single day. And I, A, could not read the chapter, B, could not write in English. Hey, Mr. Bloom, but I could, like, I could speak. Um, and even after I got used to writing, like my spelling was terrible, my reading was slow. I was like, Mr. Bloom, can, can I do a special agreement with you? That I will go home and I found an audiobook of this chapter of this book. I'll listen to the book and then I'll come to school 15 minutes early every day and I'll verbally summarize the chapter for you. And he was like, sure. Cause he already came to school early anyway. And so knowing how to advocate and ask for what I needed was super, super important. And, and maybe like one semester in, I started to actually write the, the, the summaries myself. Um, and then in high school, Basically, if there was an audiobook for a book we had to read in English, I would listen to the audiobook and have everything perfect. 
And if there wasn't, I would just listen in class and I just wouldn't read the book. And when I started college, I like just couldn't finish my summer reading book because it didn't have an audiobook. And so basically the entire I, I still didn't finish the book. And so I ended up um, finishing about half of it. And I did the only thing I could before school started is I just built this software for my computer that would use text-to-speech to read out to me. And then I listened to it in the plan, it worked. And then I, that's what I kept uh, using when I was in college. And so getting really good at using text-to-speech was a situation for me because now any text I wanted to read, I could, I could read. To answer your other question about challenges um, in like founding Speechify, yeah. So before Speechify, I built about uh, 36, 38 other products. Um, and that's everything from like 3D printed attachable brakes for longboards and skateboards I went, made when I was in college. I built like a, a cell phone radiation shield that you could put in your pocket. I built a payments company. I started building different apps and websites. I built a lot of different things. Uh, amazing at coding. And I grew up like seeing him like crush it. And whenever I would try, it didn't work because I would misspell variables. And so if you have a variable spelled this way here and this way here, nothing works. So I, ne I never got into coding when I was younger, but I started doing these things called hackathons. It's like 48 hours where you get together with people and you build stuff. And I would go without knowing how to code. So I did my first eight hackathons without knowing how to code. And all I would do is I would jump on a table, I would do a backflip, and I'd be like, hey, I have this idea. I'd love for you guys to come work with me. And usually I'd get people to come work with me. And so I won four of those eight hackathons without knowing how to code. But the problem was, after the hackathon ended, no one would keep coding on the thing, but I wanted to keep building the thing. And so I realized I had to learn how to code. So when I was a second year student in college, I started learning how to code for the first time. And I enrolled in this intro computer science class. And the first assignment took most people like two to three hours to finish. It took me 16 hours. Um, and every subsequent assignment took me that long because I just had so many bugs because of my spelling. So, but I was really, really determined to figure this out. So what I would do is I would go to our dining hall. I would take kind of like a, a whole bag of bread. And when the cafeteria people were looking, I made like eight peanut butter sandwiches. I'd put them in my backpack. I'd go to the computer science lab at like nine in the morning or eight in the morning. And I'd stay there until midnight. And I was just like, cocoa code, eat a peanut butter sandwich, cocoa code, eat another sandwich, fall asleep, wake up, cocoa code. And after about a month of doing this, I got good enough where I could tell the difference between a spelling mistake and a coding mistake. Now, today it's even easier because most of the integrated development environments like Google Docs, but for writing code, have really good spell checkers on there. So it's easier to learn how to code. Everybody should learn how to code. It's really like straightforward if you just find the right courses. The key for me was also uh, when I started building iPhone apps and websites myself outside of classes, I found video tutorials online on YouTube and on Udemy. Um, and I just saw what the other person was doing and then I just copied what they did. And so I ended up taking this course. It was like, maybe like 25 hours of video, but you build like 20 projects, starting with clones of Instagram and Snapchat and Tinder and Uber. Um, and so I did that. And that's how I learned how to code. And so from kind of like junior year on in college, so the, my, the, my, out of four years, my last two years, I knew how to code. And so then I was building uh, my own products, coding myself. And it became much, much easier to create things once I knew how to code myself compared to when I was having to like kind of beg and borrow and uh, loan other people's time to code things. That's great. I mean, coding is so, like, it's such an important thing to know, especially nowadays, especially where you're living right now. Um, a bit about Israel and when you found out about yeah. in Israel. Um, from my personal experience, I feel like sometimes in the public schools there, the teachers don't really 
understand a bit yeah, of dyslexia at, at all actually um and they just mistake it for being dumb which is like a lot of places in the world even here yeah did you find any teacher to stand out to you in a good way oh many 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 so i had many teachers throughout my education that really shaped my life in a positive way i went to public schools in israel and i went to public schools here in the u.s um, I never had the opportunity to go to um, really exceptional private schools, um, but I was really good at making friends with all my teachers. And I was just like the person in class, like if I didn't understand something, I'd raise my hand and I'd ask the question. And I had zero fear that people would think I was dumb because I knew I was smart. Um, and so I figured if I asked the question, probably other people are curious to learn the answer too. Um, and though I was bad at reading and writing, I overcompensated with being really good at listening and speaking. Um, and so I was like president of my high school debate team and I was like state champion in debate and I was like listening to a hundred books a year. So I got really good at like juggling balls and listening at the same time at like double speed. Uh, and so I got everything that was said in class verbally. And uh, in Israel, yes, I had many teachers that completely didn't get it. I remember uh, my parents actually switched me um, when I was in uh, first or second grade to another teacher because my, like, my second grade teacher just thought I was stupid straight up. She thought I was stupid. She thought I was lazy. Um, and there were like three classes in my second grade. So I went from like second grade A to second grade B because the teacher just, yeah, kind of gave up on me. Um, I had a third grade teacher that also just like thought I was this annoying kid. And I think I was getting C's in my, in my classes. I, was like, I couldn't read. Um, but when I was in seventh grade in Israel, I had a teacher named Nava who was amazing. Like she was so, so wonderful. She got me. Um, I like sat kind of like in the front middle of the class and I had like, like kind of friends sitting around me and I would just answer all the questions and I was super engaged and she like, she, she got me. And so for example, I love to do art. I, I uh, make music and I draw. And so she suggested I submit this painting to this like competition for peace in Israel and I ended up winning it. Um, and I was really into history and stories and she would tell stories. So that was a teacher that really, really inspired me and, and helped me figure things out. When I moved to the United States, but in Israel, school system is also way easier than here. Like you basically don't need to do homework. I did zero homework when I was in school in Israel. Um, when I moved here, yeah, Mr. Bloom was incredible. Um, I was, I had an IEP, um, so an individualized learning plan. Um, and so I was in the kind of special classroom because of disabilities, uh, one period per day. And I had a teacher's assistant in that class called Mark. And Mark saved my life in high school. I would write essays and he would sit behind me. You know how there's like the little red squiggly line and you click on it to figure out what the right spelling of the word is? I would never know which word to choose. And so he'd sit behind me after I wrote an essay and I'd click the squiggly line and he'd say, okay, that one, I click that one, that one, click that one. And a big way in which I learned how to spell was Mark told me which words were correct. And I never got to have a program like Linda Mubel or anything to do with phonics. I just like was kind of trying to figure it out on my own. Um, but eventually I did with, with really with text-to-speech. Um, and actually what's cool is my reading speed now is actually extremely fast. Um, I read at like 300 words per minute instead of previously I read at like 160. And the reason is because of what you just explained with Speechify. So Speechify, just for anyone who even doesn't know what it does, Speechify is software that you can run on your phone. It works on iPhone and Android. It works on, uh, there's a really good Mac app. There's a Chrome extension, there's a website. And it'll highlight any text for you and read it to you in a human quality voice using artificial intelligence. Um, and you can scan physical books, you can upload PDFs, Google Docs, websites, whatever you want, it will read literally anything. And it makes it super easy to increase the speed, to make it go really fast or really slow, 
and it'll highlight the words as it reads to you. So what happened to me was throughout college, I used speech, Speechify for four years. And I would look at the screen and it would highlight the word in blue and it would say the word. And dyslexia really, it's not a reading disability as much as it is a decoding disability. So it's like every time you see a word, it's like a little puzzle and you have to figure out what it means. Well, we don't like to use disability because everyone else calls it a disability, but as you said, you're excited and looking forward to it. So it's just a difference. Sure, so it's a difference in how you decode words. And so for most people with dyslexia, what happens is you start first, second, third, fourth grade, you're supposed to read a certain amount per day, but it's so mentally taxing to read that you don't do, you don't read that many books. And really, when you get to becoming an exceptional reader, it's when you recognize words on sight. Um, and so I started to be able to recognize words on, on sight because I saw the word university or house or like banana, like a hundred thousand times while having it spoken to me in my ear at the same time. And then after that, if I needed to do normal reading, I would just recognize them on sight. Now, the thing is, though I read now at 300 words per minute, I still listen at 600 words per minute. So I would never waste my time reading for that reason. Um, yeah. That was my experience. <laughs> um, when, without Speechify, when did you really learn how to read? Like, when did you start sounding out the letters and really getting it? Yeah, so I, like, was always trying to sound out letters. I remember there was actually a, a really cute photo of me uh, with my dad sitting in our living room, and we were doing a puzzle. Um, and it was a giant puzzle covered, like, the entire floor, and it had all the letters in the alphabet on it. And my dad would sit there and be like, ah, oh, e, oh, ooh. Babo bibabu, and I, I literally just could, I couldn't make the sounds. He was like, "Why aren't why can't you make the sounds?" I like, flip, stop it, fidgeting. I pay attention. I, just, I couldn't do it. Um, and when we moved to the U.S., my dad really wanted me to learn English, and I really loved hanging out with my dad. But he worked a lot, so we had an agreement. He and I would sit and we would study how to read every day for an hour. And for every hour that we sat and did reading, we would go on a thirty-minute bike ride together. And I love those bike rides. So I would just like be super focused for an hour and really pay attention because I wanted that 30 minute bike ride with my dad. And really like so much that I credit for who I am today is like the conversations that I would have with my dad where we'd go on bike rides, we'd go on walks, et cetera. Um, I think the first time I finished a book for real was in sixth grade. And I remember it was like uh, like adventure novel and there were like seven kids and they were like, and I was sitting in my bed and my brother was sitting in his bed and it was like midnight or like one in the morning. And I was reading a book and I didn't want to go to sleep because I was so enjoying the story. And I remember realizing, oh my God, I'm reading a book and I don't want to go to sleep because I'm enjoying reading. And I remember I started crying because I was so excited because I never thought I'd have that experience in my life. I never thought that I'd enjoy reading so much that I wouldn't want to fall asleep because I was reading. And my dad would like come and he would like check on us to see that we're asleep. And um, he came and like knocked on our door and came in to make sure that we were asleep because the light was on. It was late. And he saw me. He was like, Cliff, are you okay? What's up? And he's like, I'm reading a book and I'm enjoying it. And he's like, and so he teared up too and he's like, all right, stay up. Keep the book. Don't go to sleep. Um, and then when I moved to the United States, I had to learn how to read in English. And I struggled with that too. But the first book that I read is this book called On My Honor. Very, very short book. Um, very enticing story. And so, yeah, so sixth grade, I started to be able to like read well enough to finish books in Hebrew. And then I think within the first year or so in the U.S., I could finish books as well. Um, but there's a big difference between being able to read and being able to read at a fast enough pace where you enjoy reading. So the average reading speed in the United States in a book is 200 words per minute. On a digital screen, it's 180 words per minute. 
And that is average, but it is not adequate. So if you look at like college professors and kids who go to college, there's like usually like 350 words per minute, 300 words per minute. Like professors in Ivy League schools usually read it at like 450 words per minute. Um, and part of the reason why I now consume so many books is because I listen at 600 words per minute and it makes it super easy for me and enjoyable. And one thing that we learned a lot from teachers that use Speechify in classrooms is the trick is you got to make sure that the rate at which Speechify is speaking is equal to the rate at which the child's brain is capable of absorbing information at the rate at which their mind is working. Because if the speech is slower than their brain's capacity to process, they'll get bored. And if the speech is faster than their brain's capacity to process, they'll be missing things. So it's okay to make it a little bit faster than they're able to, because then they'll improve their speed over time. But ideally, you want it to make it equal or a little bit faster. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why people end up like really, really loving the software. And it has an automatic speed ramping algorithm on it that will just make it easier to increase. You asked before, what are the challenges that I faced when I did Speechify? The biggest one was choosing not to take a job after college because there's a lot of pressure to like go work at like a big company. And I was like, no, I, I, number one, I want to do my own, my own company. Number two, I have this passion for this topic. I want to like work on that full time. And luckily it did well enough already that I was capable to do that. Um, the second biggest challenge was like recruiting teammates um, who are like really exceptional. And luckily we've been incredibly lucky in who works on our team. Um, but before that, it was really just like learning how to code myself, learning how to design, getting it popular, um, and then uh, being able to make the decision to not go and work for a big company, but to focus on this full time. That's amazing. Um, I think that wraps it up. Thank you so much. Yeah, great. Exactly. It was really great to hear all this stuff and speak. I definitely recommend listening to Speechify. It's helped me. So yeah. Much. Yeah. And so to download Speechify, just go on the app store and search Speechify, speech, and then IFY. Uh, you can also find our website at getspeechify.com. Uh, Mika, thanks so much for having me on your podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, and last thing I'll plug is the number one thing that I did growing up that resulted in the biggest growth for me is listening to audiobooks. So I highly, highly recommend Listen to audiobooks and listen to them at faster speeds. Right. No, no, no. Oh, you're done? Yeah, no. yeah. Oh.